the person that is strong and mighty enough not to sin in what they say has also, or rather is also strong and mighty enough to control the whole body. Well, hello, my friend. Welcome once again to Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, today is the day that we're going to start a whole new series. This series is entitled, Watch Your Mouth. I cannot wait to get into this. Boy, I'm telling you, we are in for a ride. I can't wait. Now, we're already in this series, and it is an ongoing series. We're doing this on Sunday morning, and as some of you already know, on Wednesday night, we're talking about love. So that love series is going to continue, but here in this one, we're going to be talking about the power of the tongue, and my goodness, it's powerful. This is episode number one, and I believe it will richly bless you. Now, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as as the entire series as they become available. All right, without any further ado, here comes Watch Your Mouth, part number one, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Amen. Well, I have so waited. I've been excited uh, to get back with you today to start our new series uh, entitled what? Watch Your Mouth. Watch your mouth. Such a very, very, very powerful series. And uh, again, I just want to greet all of our online community, those that are watching us and those that are listening. Uh, we want to tell you that we love you so very much. And we want you to know that you are a part of this service. Don't forget, if you have not subscribed to our podcast, make sure you do so. And uh, you can find us also on YouTube and on other um, links as well. Just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We love you, and we're praying for you. Kingdom Rock, let's clap our hands for our online community. Bless you. We love you guys. All right. So let's go now into part one of Watch Your Mouth. Now, in this series, uh, we're going to understand, uncover, and utilize the power and resource of our tongue in our day-to-day -day lives. Uh, we're going to also in this series, this series is here, or we're in this series, uh, to cause us to abound and become more fruitful in life and in the kingdom of God. And as well as we're going to use this power of the tongue and we're going to watch our mouths so that we may be more of assistance to our fellow man. Amen? Amen. You're going to understand and you're going to know that as we reach the ending, as, as we go throughout this series, that as you hear the word and put that word in practice, you're going, you're going to begin to see changes in your lives, noticeable changes in your day-to-day -day lives. Not just as you hear the word, but as you hear it and put that word into practice. And there's a reason why the Lord is giving us this series, Watch Your Mouth. It's not because I came up with it some night after I had some pizza or something. No, the Lord spoke to me and said, do this. And so you know what? We're doing this. Amen? Amen. All right. So our journey starts here in the book of James, James, the third chapter, the book of James, the third chapter. And we're going to be reading verses one through 12. And then we'll go back and uh, we'll do a little bit of digging there. But we're going to start here in James, the third chapter, verses one through 12 out of the King James version. Are you guys ready? Amen. All right. So let me go ahead and read it first. And it says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, 
and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, rather, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm or rudder, uh, whithersoever the governor listeth, or wherever the captain tells the person to steer the boat. Verse 5, even so the tongue is a, is a, a little member and boasts great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Verse 6, and the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and of bird, and of serpents, and of things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Do the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Hallelujah. So we're going to go back and we're going to, as is our custom, going to go back line by line, um, making sure you get a great understanding of the word of God. Because I'm telling you, as we gain control and as you'll see, as you yield control of your tongue to the spirit of God, as you begin to speak by the spirit and with the spirit and in the spirit, you're going to begin to see God's power and presence and positive change happen in your life. Hallelujah. You, your life will not remain the same as we begin to focus on your mouth. Your mouth has gotten you in a lot of trouble. Your mouth. Your mouth has also gotten you into some great opportunities as well. There's more power in your mouth than you know of. And this is what we want to zoom in on, okay, over the course of this series. So regardless of your age, regardless of your background, whether you're 7 or 70, doesn't matter, or 8 or 82, or doesn't matter, I'm telling you, you still have the power of God. There is a power in your mouth that can be utilized that can change your life and the lives of those around you simply by the way you speak. Are you hearing me? So let's go back to verse number one. Let's really get into this because verse number one sets the tone for this. It says, my brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the what? Greater condemnation. So first of all, he says, my brethren, or those of you that are born of God, born again, he says, don't be many masters. In other words, 
um, he's dissuading people. Everybody wants to, seems, seems to be, they want to get up and teach. The word master there talks about a teacher. Um, not just one, not just, this is the word master or teacher is not talking about one a parent teaching their children or maybe a professor in the classroom, but the word master here uh, has to do with a master teacher or someone that calls a crowd around them, that forms a crowd around them, and they are responsible for sharing a word about God and also sharing how men ought to um, treat God or the duties of man. Okay, uh, so they are called to teach people about God and about how man should relate to God. All right, and these people draw a crowd. Uh, for instance, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, John the Baptist, the apostles, so forth and so on. He says, there are a lot of you that have gifts, there are a lot of you that have talents, and a lot of you that want to speak. That's great. That's great, but unless God is calling you to the office, don't do it. Why is he saying this? Because it's because um, you will be the teachers will be will have the greater condemnation, Amen. the greater condemnation. The word condemnation here is not talking about uh, going to hell, because if you're born of God, born again, Jesus has already washed your sins away and you've been made righteous in the sight of God. You're not going to hell. Hallelujah. That has been settled, praise God, by the Lord Jesus Christ. It has been settled. Hell is off the table. Thank God. But what it does mean is that uh, our words will be scrutinized. Our words will be placed under a microscope. Those that are teachers. Now, notice it says that we will receive the greater condemnation, the greater judgment. It does, it did, it does not say, uh, don't be many teachers because, you know, teachers will receive uh, condemnation. No, it says the greater condemnation, which means non-teachers' will, words will also be judged as well. The teacher will just receive the greater sense. Does that make, does that make sense to you? Let's read this out of the um, uh, New International Version. And it says this. For not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Yes. All right? More strictly. Which meaning that we're all held accountable for what we say. Everyone is held accountable for what you say. All right? Now, this word uh, is also found here. We can look at this in Matthew, Matthew 12, the same thought, Matthew 12, verses 36 through 37. I want you to see this, Matthew 12, verse 36 through 37. And it says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men, that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Are you hearing? Amen. Look at verse number 37. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be what? Condemned. All right, so again, hell is off the table. If you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life, hell is off the table. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But there is a sense of judgment. There is a sense of, um, of accountability and responsibility that every born-again believer has through or has because of what we speak. 
We'll see this. Because you were formed in the image and likeness of God, your father created everything with his words. Are you hearing? You are a child of God. You are an offspring of God, formed in his image and formed after his likeness. Therefore, you also have creative ability in your mouth. So we are responsible in so many words for not only what we say, but also how we say it and in what spirit we are in and uh, when we say it and the spirit that comes out of us. You are responsible for the words that you father. You are responsible for the worlds that you create with the words that come out of your mouth. Because you create. Every time you open your mouth, you create. You you create. Why? Because you were formed in God's image after his likeness. Your father creates with his speech. You also create with your speech. Your words can also impact people. His word impacts people. Are you hearing me? So we were formed in his image after his likeness. And because of that, we are held responsible for it. We're held responsible for it. So the whole, this whole tone is set up here in uh, James, or rather in, um, yeah, let's go back to James now, James 1. The whole tone of this, and he tells the people, hey, y'all, I know you like to teach. That's great. Keep on teaching. But when you decide to draw a crowd, you decide, hey, you want to be, you want to be a pastor, you want to be a teacher, you want to be an apostle, you want to be all these things, you want to draw a crowd and you want to tell people about God and you want to tell people how to relate to God. Hey, that's great. But understand when you do that, you'll be held accountable to a higher standard and your words will be more scrutinized or you'll be held to a more, uh, to a stricter condemnation than anyone else. Now, again, teachers, those who are exhorters, so forth and so on, those who draw a crowd, held accountable to a more strict, but all of us are held accountable to what we say. Okay? So as we talk about the power that's within your mouth, the power that's in your tongue, first thing we, we see here is that we all have a responsibility. And that has to really weigh, weigh on you. This thing is serious. This thing is serious. Are you hearing? So again, this whole thing starts with the fact that we're all accountable, uh, all accountable to God, all accountable to our Father by what we say. Just like we, you heard that song, uh, Papa was a rolling stone, doom, doom, doom. wherever he laid his hat was his home, and when he died, all he left this was alone. And say, well, he was a rolling stone. He went around. You say, man, that is, res- that is irresponsible of a man to go around and keep birthing all these babies, birthing all these children by all these sort of women and just walking off. That is so irresponsible. But listen, that's the same sort of thing that you also do with your words. Birthing worlds, birthing atmospheres without a fault of what you said or what happened as a result of what you said. So God says, watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. So he starts off here with responsibility. A community-wide, a body-wide responsibility. Understand something, we're held accountable for what we say. So, now listen, 
God's word, here again, let's talk about our father. What he speaks, his words will always return to him. The Lord said, my word will not return to me void, but it will accomplish the thing that I sent it forth to do. Jesus Christ is the word of God. And when he, he proclaimed while he was still here on the earth before his death, burial, and resurrection, he said, I've got to go back to the Father. Because after Jesus accomplishes, he's got to go back. Amen. He's got to go back. So if we look again at um, Matthew 12, the Bible talks about an idle word. It says, but I say unto you that every idle word that men speak, that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. An idle word is a word that is unemployed. An idle word is a, is a word that is inactive, that is useless. So if the words that you speak are not drawing people back to God, if the words that you speak to a friend, family, coworker, neighbor, and this is just not just every once in a while, uh, the overall capture of your words, the overall theme of your words, are they drawing people to God? Well, if they're drawing people to the Lord, then those words have use. If your words are not drawing people to the Savior, then those words are idle. They have no use. And here again, this is not talking about just a word here and there. It is the full scope of your conversation. If we were to get the recordings from the government <clears throat> or whoever is recording your conversations, <laughs> and um, if we would see, if we would follow you around, what would be the full scope of the conversation? What would be the full scope? If it, is, it, is it blah, 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 nah, 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 here a little bit, there a little bit, everywhere a little bit, dit, you know, whatever. What's the full scope of your conversation? Is it drawing people to God or away from God? If they're drawing people away from the Lord, away from Christ, those words are idle. Are you hearing me? They're like stillborn words. No life. No edification, yes. not building up anybody. No love. No love. Are you hearing me? Yeah. So here again, we talk about our responsibility. You're, with your words, you can have a great impact on your world and your society, on your family, by simply what you say. Amen. Simply by what you say. See, this is why here again, we're going to have to repent about the words that we have spoken. If they have been idle words, we have to repent and ask God to wash those things away in his precious blood. And again, let me just reiterate, you're responsible for not only what you say, but how you say it, but also the spirit you are in when you say it, when you release it. What spirit are you in? Words are containers. Words are containers. And th your words will start, let me say it this way, your words will start here in the heart. And we'll get to this a little bit later on. Your words will start in the heart. The, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your words start in the heart, and then it's like a big bubble that flows up from the heart out of you, out of your mouth, and it floats like a bubble, and it pops over the person that you're sending it to. It pops over them and it releases, it releases a spirit over them. Your words can be angry, comes up out of the heart. All that anger, hostility comes up out of the heart, comes up and then they feel anger. 
They feel hostility. All your words can be full of love, joy, and peace. Those words come up, comes out, and the person feels love, joy, and peace. By the same token, you can create uh, those bubbles that come up and just they burst all in the atmosphere. And you can go into a place, you, I mean, you, maybe you've never been there before, but you walk in and somebody's been arguing or fussing and fighting, and you say, whoa, what's, what's in this atmosphere? This feel, I feel very uneasy here. I feel very uneasy here. It's because of the atmosphere. People have been speaking things, it's, and it's in the atmosphere. Or you go in some place, you feel, oh, I feel so much love here. Such a good spirit is here. I feel so warm here. Why? Because of those words that have created that atmosphere, right? You can go in one place, I was just, just in one place uh, with my wife and at the insurance company, and I felt fine until I got in there and sat in that chair and I felt fear. Whoa, my God, what's happening here? I didn't realize it until after I left, what I had to go back and trace where did that fear start? That's one of the things we talk about really in overcoming our fears. I know, okay, if I'm feeling fear now, where did it start? Where did this thing, you know, where did this hitchhiker come from? I'm not sure, I'm not sure if, you, if you have been walking in, in the woods before and, uh, you know, you had that little plant that stuck on your pants leg and on your shoes and all that. They call them hitchhikers around this place anyway. And, you know, you walk, you say, hey, where did that come from? Where did I get this? I was fine. I've been fine all day. How did I, why do I feel this way now? Trace it back. Trace it back. I was fine until there. Oh, then it hit me. Okay, yeah, well, I guess it is a place of fear. Everybody's talking about uh, life insurance and, you know, you dying and this and that dying and all that dying. You can get hit and all that. Oh, it's okay. I realize where this fear is coming from. Then I can renounce that thing. Hallelujah. But it's so, I mean, we walk into different atmospheres. Walk into different atmospheres, and you really, you really have to know how you are normally, really to be able to, to uh, you have to know your norm to, to really detect what type of atmosphere that you're in. If you don't know uh, that you are normally at peace, if you don't know that, or if, if you're always, I mean, if you're always stressed out, you're going to find it a little bit difficult to detect what type of atmosphere you're in. Are you hearing? But I'm, I'm just saying that, that we're held accountable for the words that we say, for the atmospheres we create, for the worlds we create. We are responsible for all the words that we father. Because you have such a creative power. Now, you may not agree. Some people may not agree with that. Say, oh, it's not all that. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter about our opinion. It's what God says. And God says you're responsible. So I, I don't use, may say, I, I really don't have all that power. I don't know what you're talking about. The father says, you have it. You really do have it. Yes. And he is holding you accountable for it. So let's stop right here and pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord God, we thank you for telling us about the power that's within our tongues. And Father, we repent. We repent, Lord God, for speaking words that were idle. We repent now, Father, in Jesus' name, for speaking any words that were contrary to your word, contrary uh, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We repent, Father. We repent of speaking unemployed words and, and, and inactive words. Lord, we repent of this in the name of Jesus, and we ask you to cleanse us and wash us with the precious blood of Jesus. Any word that we have spoken today or in the past, we declare 
up those idle words, we declare them washed away in the name of Jesus, and we declare them now to be ineffective, ineffective in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we, we lift it up to you, and we thank you for washing us and cleansing us and forgiving us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. All right, so understanding this, understanding this will also help you uh, to consider, this is why I actually may look at it next time, uh, James, the first chapter, it says, be slow to speak. Yes. Be slow to speak. Yes. Because you have to remember what you have in your mouth is powerful. Yes. You can curse people with your mouth, and you can also bless them. Remember the Bible said that these things ought not be, either blessings and cursing should not come out of the same place. So we have to make a decision that I will be one that will bless. I will be one that will encourage. My speech will lead others to Christ. And I will create heavenly atmospheres by what I say. Hallelujah. Oh, this is some good stuff here. Let's go down to verse number two now. I'm so excited. We're making headway now. We're in verse number two. Hallelujah. Let's read verse one again. It says, um, not many of you should become uh, teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. Verse two, it says, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Oh, how powerful is that? Let's look at that first phrase. For in many things, for in many things we offend all. The word offend there uh, in the Greek means to err, to make a mistake, to sin. To err, to make a mistake, to sin. So right away he says, look, the Lord says, you know, we all make mistakes. That's important for us to realize before we go into go any further. We all make mistakes. Can you say that? I make I have made mistakes. The apostles say here, we all have made mistakes. We all have made mistakes. We all have erred. We all have fallen short. We all have sinned. Period. Now, I think he's saying this, too, for those super saints who say, I never make any mistakes. <laughs> well, I'm going to believe the word of God rather than your testimony. <laughs> he says, my brethren, I want you to know this. He says, for many things, we offend all. Simply, we all make mistakes. He says, if any man, that is, if any human being, if any person, Offend not in word, comma, hold. If any person is able not to offend someone in word, offend meaning what? To err, to make a mistake, to sin. If there is any, that word if, boy, if, if, if. If there is any person that is able, and we'll see able in a minute. If there's any person who does not offend while they're speaking, or if there's any person who does not make a mistake when they speak, if there's any person that does not err when they speak, that does not sin when you speak, if there's a person that does not make a mistake when you speak, if, 
If there's a person that does not make a mistake when you speak, does not sin when you speak, does not err when you speak, you say, hey, I'm perfect. I never make a mistake when I speak. Let me talk to your husband. Let me talk to your wife. Let me talk to your children. Let me talk to everybody that live with you. Let me talk to your friend. Let me talk to your coworkers. We'll get this thing ironed out, won't we? We'll get it ironed out, won't we? Are you hearing me? But we can get to the place where this is possible and this is so. And I'll show you this in the series, God willing. He said, if, if any man or a person offend not in word, uh, the same is a what man? Perfect man. Now, don't want you to get thrown about with the word perfect. The word perfect simply means mature. It means full grown. Full grown. So if you, or should I say when you, get to the point that you no longer offend in your speech, that you no longer mis- um, mistake, make mistakes when you speak or err or sin when you speak, it will be because you have become fully mature. Because you are full grown. Which also tells us the reason why we're still making mistakes when we speak, still saying the wrong things and all of that is because we're not mature. But the Father gives us his spirit so that we can become fully mature. Hallelujah. Fully mature. And that's our goal. Hallelujah. He said, if, let's read that again. He says, for, he said, if any man offend not in word... The same as a perfect man and able. Say able. Able means strong, mighty, powerful. Strong, mighty, powerful to bridle the whole body. The word bridle there means to hold in check, to restrain. Now, this is powerful. In, in short, he's saying the person that is strong, mighty enough, to control that mouth. The person that is strong and mighty enough not to sin in what they say has also, or rather is also strong and mighty enough to control the whole body. Your body will move in the direction of your speech. Your body, the whole body talks about the actions, the actions that you take. When you're able to control that that pink tornado in your mouth. Then you'll keep your whole self in check. Keeping your whole self in check will keep your whole life in check. Hallelujah. You'll be able to restrain you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So this is why we're in this series. And I, I love the way the Amplified Bible says it. Listen to how the Amplified Bible says this. This is so powerful. And James, the third chapter, verse number two, how the Amplified, this is how it says, or reads it. He says, for we all stumble and sin in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, never saying a wrong thing, He is a perfect man or perfect woman, fully developed in character without serious flaws, able to bridle his whole body 
and reign in his entire nature, taming his human faults and weaknesses. So this also, we'll look at this, this really, the soul talks about, uh, it, it really deals with your human soul. This whole thing, as we're talking about the tongue, talking about the mouth, really deals with your soul, because unless it's in you, it can't come out of you. Your soul is that undiscovered country. If, well, let me say when, when you are able to possess your soul, when you're able to conquer your own soul, there is nothing, nothing, I mean nothing, that can stand against you. Because the soul that under, here again, talking about a person that is born again, born of God, that soul that is under the control, that you have allowed to be under the control of the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit, uh, when you've given that control of your soul to the Spirit completely, then the Spirit moves upon it. And what do we have? We have another Jesus Christ moving in the face of the earth today. Are you hearing me? Now, I'm not saying that you that you ever going to be Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? Hallelujah. There's only one of him. Thank God Almighty. Hallelujah. But we're move like him in the earth. We will move like him in the earth. Glory to God. We'll love like he loved. We'll perform miracles like he performed miracles. And the Lord said, even greater than these shall we do because he goes unto the father. Are you hearing me? There'll be nothing that you can't do. Nothing that you cannot do. And it all starts with what's there in your mouth. And as it goes up, we go on down, we'll find out that it's, it's here also in the heart, in the soul. It's in the soul. So I want you to take this thing seriously because God is preparing you, preparing you to go forth into this world. And uh, we can also look at, we'll look at this next time, uh, James, I think also the first chapter, when it says that uh, your religion is in vain if you don't know how to control your mouth, if you don't control your mouth. Your service to God is in vain unless you control your mouth. I love Jesus today, yes, woo, Jesus. But the very next thing, we cussing and fussing and gossiping and all this other stuff. What? Are you hearing me? What? You, fresh water and salt water doesn't come out the same place. It would do no good for you to say hallelujah in the house of God and, and fool everybody, fool everybody. But when you're going home, everybody know you're the devil. Are you hearing me? That duplicity doesn't help anybody. And God's preparing you to do the work of Christ in the earth. I mean, really, the work of Christ in the earth. I'm talking about moving with signs and and wonders and miracles, all of that. But we, we... we can't shortcut it. We can't go around it. The things that we're going to have to deal with are in us. It's in us. Working on the inner man. When you work on your inner man, it will show forth in the outer man. We can put it on. We can put on the best suits, dresses. We can put on all, all this weave. We can, we can put it all on. 
We can put it all on. It's really building up the external man, but it's really building up the, the, the full proof of it is how you prepared your soul. Now, your spirit is already perfected. Hallelujah. Once you were born of God, you were born again. The Lord Jesus, the Bible says, behold, all things that become new. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. Talking about you spiritually. Your spirit man looks like Christ. Hallelujah. And the devil knows that. The devil knows it. But he says, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got no one. He looks just like Jesus, but they don't know it. Still stumbling, have not perfected the soul, not working on the soul. There are a lot of things that we got to deal with. Anger and bitterness and hostility and, and rage and all this other stuff. Being high-minded and being jealous and, and envious. All of that stuff is nasty. It's nasty. And all of that must be dealt with. Unless you've had days where you said, God, take this out of me. Take this out of me. If you've never smelled yourself, and I tell you, you need to go back. I'm not talking about smelling your underarm either. I'm talking about smelling the condition of your soul. Well, he allows you to see what's in you. When, when it bubbles up to the surface, then we confess that. God, I didn't know I still felt that way about them. I didn't know I still did that. God, forgive me. I release that to you. I release them. They owe me nothing. They owe me nothing. I want a clean heart, a clean heart, a clean soul. Are you hearing me? So we're not going to be perfected in our mouth without be perfecting it, perfected in our soul. Isn't it awful, and I'm beginning to close, isn't it awful that people can go to church with people they don't even like? Keep looking straight ahead. Keep looking straight ahead. Inwardly jealous, inwardly envious, inwardly can't stand you, inwardly, and God said that thing is disgusting. Want to move in the power and presence of God. God said, look at that disgusting mess in your heart. So again, we're in a series now. Watch your mouth. But it, it does have something to do with your mouth. But it also has to do with the condition that's in your heart. If you can look at someone, if someone comes up and gets the mic and you automatically, hmm, oh my God, it's in you bad. Somebody gets up to usher. Hmm, why can't I? Why didn't it get me to usher? I can usher better than her. Oh my Lord. Why didn't they get me to cook? Why didn't they get me to drive? Why didn't they get me to this? Oh Lord. If something flips you like that, why are they sitting in my chair? Why, the, oh Lord, there's something stinking and rank in the heart. It has something to do with the soul. If you can look around the room and not feel the love of God toward your neighbor, you're holding something against him. 
You can't go around this thing and then go move in the power of God. It's not going to happen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's get back into the text really quick, really fast. Let's get back there before we close out today. I hope that you're getting a good picture of this. Because I'm telling you what the father wants to do in you is to release his power and presence in you like never before. I mean, like never before, like never before. But there's a lot of cleaning up that has to be done in the process. And we've got to be honest. And I'm not telling you that you're going to be all cleaned up on the inside, especially not by your own human efforts. The Father's going to have to come in and help you and assist you, sending his Holy Spirit in to, to clean you up on the inside and help you work out these internal issues. Because we can't clean it up fast enough. The Spirit is going to have to come in and, and help us. And I'm not saying that we can clean it up, any of it, on ourselves or by ourselves. We're going to have to just stay in his presence and confess this stuff before the Lord. Confess it before the Lord. Confess it. Because when you confess it out, it goes out. When you confess it out, it goes out and cleansing comes in. Because I'm telling you, the Father is very serious about you. He's very, very, very serious about you. And he thinks about you all the time. And he knows the plans that he has for you. And he's bringing you to the place where you can truly begin to manifest your true self who he's called you to become, who he's called you to become, and it's glorious. And let me say this. I don't know if we get in verse three. Let me say this. Once you see, truly see, whom God has called you to be, you'll never desire to be anybody else. Once you really see your true commission and your calling and what is given to you, you won't be envious of anybody else. It, it, won't even, it won't even come into your mind. You say, oh, that's great for you, and I'm happy for you, but I got this. We're envious or jealous or hateful toward others because we haven't seen who we really are in him and what he's truly given to us. This is why we keep comparing ourselves to other people and wishing we can do this and, and wishing we can do that. No, um, when you, once you see it, you'll stop all that comparing. Glory to God. I stop all the comparing once God showed me who I am and what he's called me to do. I know that, uh, yes, I am a pastor. Yes, I'm a minister of the gospel, but he's also called me to be a platform builder. I build platforms that others can stand on and share the gospel of Christ Jesus. And that's why he's given us the media. Hallelujah. I'm a platform builder. Praise the Lord. I'm a minister of the gospel, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher, hallelujah. And in many ways, I'm an apostle taking the gospel to the world, helping others to come up, come on up, brother, come on up, sister, and do what God has called you to do, hallelujah. I know what he's called me to do. So therefore, I'm not intimidated by somebody that has 5,000 members or 10,000 members and all that. Oh, thank God, wow, awesome. I'm glad you do awesome. Oh, what a big, nice building. Oh, awesome. And be truly happy and joyous. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. Yes. 
but it no longer phases me whether we have 30 people in church or 40. Doesn't matter. It's all God. It's all him. I know what he's called me to do. Hallelujah. Mary, I'm not intimidated by that anymore. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. Why? Because I finally, he showed me who I am and what he's called me to do. And I'd rather do this than that. And this is what God wants to do for you. Once you see who you are, once you know what he's called you to do, there's nothing that's going to intimidate you or stop you. Okay? It starts with the heart. It starts with your soul. Your soul, in many cases, the heart and the soul are synonymous. We got to work on the inner man. Inner man. And let's stop here. My God, we'll get into verse 3 next time. Remember the Bible declares there in Ephesians, the third chapter, in that prayer we talked about, I believe, verse 16 through 19, that is still on me. It's still on me. We've been talking about love on Wednesday night, still on me. It says um, uh, that the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, uh, no, no, that, uh, that he would grant you, yeah, grant you, according to the, grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit, where? In the inner man. In the inner man. And then it goes through all the other steps, all the way down, and the end of it is to be filled with all the fullness of God. But in order to be filled with all the fullness of God all the way at the end, you got to go where you, get, you can't skip over being strengthened by his spirit in your inner man. And the inner man talks about your soul. We can't go around the soul. If we're still envious and, and hateful, uh, that stuff that's in the soul, that's, that's rank in the soul. And listen, please forgive this. <sighs> please forgive this. But when the soul is rank, your words will become like verbal. <laughs> Gordon's around there. Oh, somebody said it. Be like verbal diarrhea. Amen. That is, once it starts, it's hard to stop it. Yes. And once you get on a roll with your mouth, and you say it, say it, you say, oh, but one other thing I need to tell you that. Oh, but let me tell you this, brother. Oh, but and you can't stop it once it started. If it's in you, it's going to come out of you. Yes. Forgive that. <laughs> but let me tell you, this is why we got to deal with us inside insecurities and jealousy and envy and high-mindedness. Oh, I'm better than you and you're better than me. Both of those are wrong. At the foot of the cross, we all stand on even plane. One is not better than the other. Regardless if you have a bishop title or apostle title or this title or that title, it doesn't matter. It's all what God has called us to do individually. Hallelujah. Stop putting people on pedestals. Glory to God. So in this series, we're talking about watching your mouth. And as you make this journey with us, oh, my Jesus, what God is going to do in you has not been seen before. 
has not been seen before. And let me tell you again, he's extremely serious about you. He's extremely serious about you. So what you need to say is yes and amen. Lord, cause that to come to pass in my life. Holy Spirit, I just yield myself to you. Lord, show me what's in there. Create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Father, I know you've given me a destiny and a future. And I say yes and amen to the destiny and that future. And Lord, whatever you bring up to my attention, help me to confess it out. Help me to confess it out that it may go out of my heart because resentment is not meant to be in me. Hostility is not meant to be in me. If it was not in Christ, it should not be in me. Father, I just release all these things. Hurt, the hurt, the anger, the bitterness, the church hurt. Lord, all of that, I release that. I get it out of my heart. I get it out of my soul so that my mouth can line up with what you are saying, so that my mouth can line up so I can say what you are saying because bitter, bitter water and fresh water cannot come out of the same place. And God says, I want to give you fresh water, but you still got bitter. And so I'm not going to allow my fresh water to come out until we deal with this bitter. And when we, when we both line up, you're going to see the power of God releasing measures that you've not seen before. So we confess it out. The Holy Spirit, allow him to confess it out of you. Get 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 it out of you. Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord God, that you'll help us, uh, Lord God, in our walk this week, uh, that you'll give us that, uh, give us that substance by your spirit that will help us to clean that out, to get that out of us. And I know it's a day-to-day journey, so Father, I just pray that you give your people grace. I pray grace. I pray they'll have grace grace to deal with that stuff that's on the inner man. And Father, I pray that you take them all by the hand, those that are, that are here now and those that are watching and listening later. Father, I pray that you just take them all by the hand, take us all by the hand. And Lord, lead us through it. Lead us through. Lead us through. Lead us through because we cannot do this thing ourselves. We cannot. Lord, we repent and we renounce the things of the past. Lord, we repent and we renounce it. Lord, we don't want to hold anything against anybody against anybody. We release it all in Jesus' name that your will may be fulfilled and fully complete in our lives. We thank you, Father. We love you so much. Holy Spirit, now have your way. We acknowledge you. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.